Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast in a week where WrestleMania looms large on the horizon. Now just three weeks away where AEW returned to Canada to perform in front of a hot crowd in Winnipeg and where we had the announcement of our first inductee for the WWE Hall of Fame. All of that to get into on this week's podcast. I am Jack Murley alongside co-host and professional rugby player Charlie Beckett who is sporting a shiner. He's dinged up for this week's episode. I am, mate. I am. I've been, I've been, I've been in a shoot match. I've been, <laughs> I've been wrestling strong style. No, I got um, so-called friendly fire training yesterday. All one of the boys just had enough of me. I thought I'm having, I'm taking some shot and took a pop at me. But no, just a little one. We're absolutely fine. Re- ready and raring to go. It looks like you've been engaged in a Amptil Underground. Do you remember like the third hour of Raw? Oh. God, there's something I'd forgotten about. I don't know why, it came up on my YouTube this week about uh, just the highlights of Raw Underground. Out of all the concepts, we'll have to do a rubbish wrestling concepts special at one point, but that is not today. Today is a perfect time for you to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast if you love wrestling as much as we do. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley and let's get into it because the WrestleMania card continues to shape up ahead of a two-night spectacular in Hollywood at the start of April. We saw this week... Another official match added, Edge challenging Finn Bauer to a Hell in a Cell match, the Irishman accepting the challenge. Edge has made clear that his return to the ring has not been what he wanted and he needs to get past Finn and the Judgment Day to start putting the f- perfect bow, the perfect finishing touches on his already Hall of Fame career. Charlie, Hell in a Cell, mania, it's happening. Yeah, I'm excited. I am excited. I love when we get hell in the cell because uh, the feud dictates it, the feud needs it, not because it's the time of year for the pay-per-view, and this one fits the bill perfectly. It's a very heated blood feud, and we do need a blow-off to it. We need a finish, don't we? This is dragged on long enough now. Let's get this finished with a brilliant hell in the cell match at Mania. I love a cell match at Mania, with the exception of uh, Shane and Taker. They they deliver. They're normally brilliant matches, so I'm excited for that. Good cell match is still one of my favourite stipulations just in general. Um, we know that Edge is brilliant in cells. He's uh, everyone talks about Taker and Triple H, but Edge actually, if you go back and look at his history of cell matches, is a low key cell legend. He knows what to do in them. And I was very intrigued about Finn teasing um, the return of his demon persona. I'd be very interested to see if that comes back. And if it does, a demon entrance at WrestleMania could be something very, very special. I like the fact that on social media, Finn Balor reached out to Mick Foley. I don't know if you saw this. And tweeted, no, I missed this. He tweeted Mick Foley and said, um, Mick, any hell in cell tips? And Foley tweeted back saying, I essentially lost every single one of them. So look at what I did and do the exact opposite. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? That the Edge's return, I think for the first time, acknowledged on the screen, to his mind at least, has not been what he was anticipating. And he's right. He had his, wrestle, uh, his Royal Rumble moment when he came back. Then he was in pandemic WrestleMania in front of no one. Then he won the Rumble in the Thunderdome. Then he had that main event at, at WrestleMania where there was barely a crowd in the stadium. And then he got injured with the Judgment Day. You know, if he was mapping out how he wanted this to go, probably can't have ever anticipated it would go like this. No, this is not what he would have planned. This is not what anyone would have expected. And I think it's very clever to acknowledge it on screen. Let's not hide away from it. Everyone knows it. People on podcasts like this talk about it. Let Edge play into it, because of course he'll feel that himself. Um, and he, like he said, his clock is ticking. He doesn't have long left. Time will catch up with him at some point. He can't do this forever. I think we've seen that with, unfortunately, the fact that 
he's getting injured more often. Uh, he can't wrestle week to week. That's what happens to athletes as they get older. They have little niggles that last, ones that lasted two or three days now last a week or two weeks. So it's good that he's acknowledging this, I think. And I just really hope he gets, we say every year, there's loads of, loads of matches that could steal the show. This one could. And I really hope he gets a moment at Mania that he deserves in front of a full house this year going berserk for Edge. Because we, we know how mad 50,000, 60,000 went in Cardiff because I don't know if anyone knows but we were at Clash of the Castle. Um, have we mentioned that? Yeah, I think we might have. Uh, going berserk to his music. I want to see SoFi Stadium, 80,000 there because it's inside as well. Yeah. Like like the Millennium Stadium. Sorry, the, the Principality. Uh, um, uh, they will be going berserk from there. I, I, I'm very, very excited to have his moment again. His first proper WrestleMania moment since his return. And he's earned it. He's absolutely earned it. Where would you put this match? This is what I was thinking, because cell matches are hard to place. I don't think you could open a night with it, although I could see them doing with it, and I don't think it's got enough juice to clearly be a main event. So sort of feels to me it's sitting in a maybe match three, match four spot, which is quite a tricky place. I I, I agree. I think slap bang in the middle of the card on one of your nights, but I think it's people will get excited for the for a hell in a cell match. Like you'll see the cell coming down. Mm. Edge's music, Finn's uh, potentially demon entrance. People are going to get excited for that. So actually, you could put it in a spot that's normally a tricky one to get people up and going. Because I, I, if this crowd doesn't get excited for this match and this stipulation, these entrances, then you put it in the main event and they wouldn't. Uh, they are going to get up for this. So I'd put it maybe yeah, in a in a spot where you need to get the energy going again and get them going. Because I think the crowd will react to that. I think it's going to be great. And I think... I could be wrong. Is this the first cell match of the Triple H era of creative? I can't think of another. Have we had the Hell in a Cell pay per view? I can't remember. Did we have the Hell in a Cell pay per view? Was that pre or post SummerSlam? Don't remember. Anyway, my point is that I think they'll have a lot more creative leverage inside the cell in the Triple H era than possibly they would have had in the latter days of Vince McMahon. So I'm intrigued with what they do. And it feels like the first definitive chance for Finn Balor to have a big WrestleMania moment. He had that triple threat with Miz and Seth Rollins in uh, New Orleans a few years ago. That was excellent. It was excellent. But this, to me, is his first definitive, right, okay, Finn, go and make yourself a moment. We're giving you edge. We're giving you the sell. We're giving you the build. Let's see what you can do. I bet his brain is whirring with ideas. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think he'll be looking to take this with both hands because Finn Balor is another man whose career has been hampered by the worst timed injury in the history. Yeah. of wrestling potentially. There, there's a conversation. Worst time re- injuries in wrestling history. Finns has got to be up there to win the Universal title on its debut night and get injured and have to give it up the next night and then never, ever, ever get back to that main event. He's only had one title match since and he flapped like a fish. Let's never forget that. Okay? So, this is a huge moment for Finn and we love Finn. Finn's brilliant. He's Irish, which is obviously quite close to England, so we like him for that. <laughs> do do we? Like, you say, you say. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say we do. Okay. He seems a brilliant bloke. Like, you look at, the, like you say about his uh, Mania 33, the first time he had a big Mania entrance, did he go for a demon entrance? No, he used it to show his support for LGBTQ+, and the ally he is. He's a brilliant, brilliant person. He's a brilliant wrestler, and we want to see him have this moment. Who do you think wins? If it's me, I give it to Edge. I don't, I don't think this is one where you go, Finn needs this. I think this is one where it's not about who goes over, it's about who gets over. And I think actually 
they can both i i, I do you know what I, in in a way, I'm not really fussed. I actually think you could go either way, but if it's me, I think giving Edge that feel-good moment to wrap this feud up, and Jesus, the Judgment Day can get its heat back anytime it wants at the moment. What would you do? I agree, but even if he comes out as a demon, would you? If he comes out as a demon, no, because that's the whole persona of the demon never loses, although didn't the demon lose in that flap-like-a-fish match against Roman? Yeah, I don't know. And also, I, I really enjoy the demon persona for its entrance and everything, but I, I I struggle with the demon because we've never had it explained to us why the demon is or what it is, unless thing comes out this week and explains. Because otherwise, why have we not come out every match, has it? Well, this is what I, I was going to say. I think we've spoken about this on a previous incarnation of our wrestling shows. Because that's how long we've been chatting about wrestling. We've had multiple shows. It's our third gimmick. We keep getting, we keep getting pushed out of places. Um <laughs> I, I think what I need Finn to come out and explain is that the demon does give him more power or however, but every time he taps into the demon persona, it eats away a bit of the good side of him and that's why he can't do it all the time. I need that explained just because that is there in folklore if you followed him for long enough. That that has been alluded to back in New Japan and NXT. But who's been doing that? Do you mean like apart from three of us? Who's been following that long and knows that stuff? So ha- explain that on Raw to me. Explain that to me. Have him come out and tell Edge he's going to do this. He's going to bring this persona. Edge best be best be worried. But this is why he can't do it all the time. This is what it takes out of him. You're so right. Because imagine if you uh, if if you turned up to a game, and I'd love to see it, in your body paint, your demon persona, and you have the game of your life, and your coaches go, Jesus, Charlie, that was amazing. Can you do that next week? And you go, no, sorry, lads. I only bring it back for, for special games. They go, yeah, but do it every game. I mean, it just, it, you're right. It, it, and it's so weird to say close a logic hole in wrestling when it's about a blinking demon. But they do they do need to do that. Yeah, make make it make sense that he gets superpowers from body paint. Make that make sense, please. And do the same for Jeff Hardy and anyone who finds this body paint, Sting, any of them. Uh, so that was one of the main announcements. The Bloodline saga, in many ways, continues to dominate wrestling at the moment. We saw Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn standing tall over the Usos at the end of SmackDown. And then Cody cut arguably the best and biggest promo he's ever had to do on Raw to reinforce the fact he's coming to end Roman Reigns' reign at WrestleMania. I know it's not going to be the one that gets the most attention for Cody. It's not one of those Cody monologues where he goes on for 20 minutes. But for me, timing-wise and content-wise, I don't think he's ever done better. Yeah, it was brilliant. I watched it on a Tuesday morning and it was absolutely brilliant. And Cody Rhodes is presenting himself quite perfectly as the man's dethroned Roman Reigns. No one has had the build like he has. No one has built himself like he has. No one, I'm not sure anyone presents himself as perfectly for what they want to be in wrestling as Cody Rhodes. Everything is thought out. What he wears, what he says, how he delivers it, how he walks the ring, everything. And I think he's doing some of, in a storyline that for two and a half years now has been Roman, 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 I think Cody's doing an incredible job to build himself as a genuine, genuine threat here. I I think that let's not underestimate the job he's had to do because he's not just building himself as the A1 babyface on a roster with anyone. We all wanted Sami Zayn, or at least I would say a majority of wrestling fans wanted just a few weeks back someone else to be in the WrestleMania main event. And we were sitting here going, I don't know how the WrestleMania crowd will react. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. And yet... 
no complaints for me now. Absolutely zero complaints. And if Cody ends Roman Reigns' reign, I, 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 he's even won me round to it being the right time. And you know I was sceptical. I think now is actually the time to do it, which shows how good he's been. I think what they've been very, very clever in doing is not shying away from Cody acknowledging Sammy and that Sammy's there and having them, they're both fighting the same foe. The the enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that stuff. Like They're both fighting the bloodline, so they would help each other out. I think what they've also done very cleverly is given us something to invest in with Sammy of when is Kevin going to stop being mean and help his mate? So we're investing that. So we're not thinking, ah, oh, he's not... Sammy's not in the big match we want him to be. Like, when is when is it going to be announced that he's having the match we know he's going to have? So I think it's genius booking from WWE, to be honest. Um, and I agree. I think this is Cody's time. I think they've built him the last three weeks unbelievably to be the man who topples Roman Reigns. And I think how they've done it is the perfect blend of... Because of, there are insider references in what he says. There are insider references... But this is relatable to everyone. He's not going out and going, you know, backstage, I never got the push. I was held down. I didn't get the rub. They hated my gimmick. He's come back and he said, my dad never won this title. Now I'm going to win it. And that's that's it. Essentially, you boil it down. That is it. So simple. But it works. And he finds different ways of telling the same story every week. And I think that is going to be an all-time mania pop when that reign ends at WrestleMania. Yeah, it, it's so relatable to everyone. Everyone can understand what to make your family proud, what to do it for your family. And yeah, I think that main event is going to go absolutely off. That will be a huge pop when we get the one, two, three on Roman. Do you think what this is, is actually finally wrestling fans beginning to get past the PTSD of the Daniel Bryan experience? Because when we didn't get Daniel Bryan uh, in, in that rumble where he just didn't even enter... And we all just saw our guy get pushed down the car. And I think we're all thinking, that, oh, God, any time the person we want doesn't get the opportunity, they're getting Daniel Bryan. No, he's not. Sammy's, Sammy is still one of the hottest acts on the roster. I think we all need as wrestling fans to go, it's okay. It, it, you can do both. Yes, we can have him not in the main event, but also doing a brilliant stu- brilliant match at, main event, uh, at Mania. Uh, I think we're all, all accepting of KO and Sammy are going to leave Mania with the tag team titles, I think. And that's exciting because we've never had proper tag team of KO and Sammy on the main roster. That's going to be really, really exciting to see, I think. And eventually, KO will turn on Sammy again, won't he? Because that's what he does. What if he turns on him at WrestleMania? What if... No. 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 Don't you dare. But maybe. No. You could You could see it coming. Nope. Not, there's not any way scenario in which they don't fight a war with... Just let them have a happy moment. Triple H gave us that DIY turn at the end of the takeover where they even flashed up the thing on the screen. Yes, I know. I still have nightmares about it. You can see Triple H going, oh, I can do this in front of 90,000. Yeah, I can, but I don't want him to. All right, well, let's leave it go because I don't want to upset you because you've got a black eye and it is genuinely making you quite sad. I can see it. It is. It yeah. is making me sad. Just let Sammy have a nice time. Well, here's someone who is going to have a nice time. We've got our first announcement for a WWE Hall of Famer, and that is Rey Mysterio, who also, in a busy week uh, for the Master of the 619, turned down a direct challenge from his son, Dominic Mysterio, for a match at WrestleMania. We'll go into the storyline stuff in a bit. How do you feel about Rey Mysterio going in? Hard to have any complaints. No, clearly doesn't deserve it. What's he, uh, what's he done for the industry? I mean, it's the most obvious, the most obvious selection ever. Um, 
it, people argue this, but for me, the greatest luchador we've seen. Yeah. He just, he, and he, he transcends wrestling. Everyone knows who Rey Mysterio is. Everyone. Uh, you don't need to be a wrestling fan. You see that mask, you know who he is. Everyone knows the 619. He, in ring, is one of the greatest ever. The the greatest underdog in WWE history. Uh, has wrestled all over the world brilliantly. Like I say, greatest luchador ever for me. The the most obvious Hall of Fame selection there's ever been, potentially. We're in 2023 now. In 2003, he was a main event player on SmackDown. In 1993, he was setting the wrestling world alight in Mexico. We talk a lot about Chris Jericho still going at the very top level, but Rey Mysterio is doing it as well. And there was that point, wasn't there, where, he, and you know more about training and stuff than I do, he got big. Rey got big. Big and fairly, you know, I won't say tubby because that's not what I mean. He got, and bloated's not what I mean. He just, he looked like he'd been inflated. And I think he's sort of slimmed down. He's realised it's okay to be that version of Rey Mysterio. And I think that's given him another six, seven, eight years where he would have been if, he, if he'd if stayed as big as he was. Yeah, I think it was about 10 years ago. He was, well, he was wrestling in a t-shirt, which I think said everything he needed to say. Mm. Um, it had a question mark on it, didn't it? Um <laughs> I think if if you say I think if he'd stayed doing what he was doing then he still would have had a Hall of Fame career but I'm not sure he'd still be wrestling now. No. Uh, I'm not sure we'd be heading into a WrestleMania where we're excited about a Rey Mysterio storyline. And I genuinely am. I am. I am so intrigued. I know we'll get onto the storyline in a second. So intrigued to see what's going to make him snap to accept this match from Dom. What is Dom going to have to do? Um, are they going to roll the rest of the Mysterio family out? Is it going to be Rey's wife telling him that she he has to go and teach his son a lesson? So. I think the fact, like you say, 30 years ago, he was starting his career in Mexico. In the late 90s, he, he, him and Eddie were everything in WCW in the Cruiserweight division. In the mid-2000s, he was on the SmackDown 6, setting, setting the world light. In the late 2000s, he was winning world titles. In 2023, he's going on to a big marquee match at WrestleMania. Like The man, the word legend gets banded around a lot, but he is beyond legend status. And made that career in an era where being a giant was the most important thing to a lot of people and he's five foot six so unbelievable unbelievable and will be very very emotional i'm sure going into the hall of fame the mania weekend and then we're clearly getting this match now which i'm very excited for we'll talk about the match in a minute i do if i have a gripe it's not a gripe it's just something which i would rather they didn't do i guess i would rather they waited until you weren't an active competitor to put you in because I remember when Ric Flair was the only active competitor who'd gone into the Hall of Fame, and now, it, it you know, that's just me, personally. I just feel like it should be the full stop on your career rather than another thing you hit on the road. But maybe maybe he'll say if he fights his son, that's the last thing he'll do. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have quite as big an issue with it, but it would make sense for me to, to me. Like, in sports, that's what they do. No one goes to the Hall of Fame while they're still playing, do they? So... Uh, yeah, that would make more sense. But the way people come out of retirement in wrestling, like who who knows? Like I'm sure Ray's retired nine times. Yeah, even even if unofficially. So this match, Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. I am not low-key excited for. I am I am up for this. And here's a discussion to have. Dominic Mysterio, in terms of getting heat, is this generation's Vicky Guerrero. Discuss. Yeah, he comes out and everyone hates him. Same with Vicky. She had to walk out. She had to say, excuse me, everyone hated it. Everyone just booed. Dom is a heat magnet. Like, the crowd erupts when he comes out with just boos. It's just remarkable, isn't it? 
He's just the guy who just people hate. And I was watching back some of his stuff last night. You wouldn't objectively say he delivers captivating promos. And you wouldn't objectively say that the way he speaks is of a confident man. And yet, it comes together and you just want to see him get dicked. Uh, <laughs> decked, excuse me. I know he went to prison, Jack. I thought you've been seeing him there. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. I'm just yeah, no, gonna... I, have to stay in. I have to stay in, but... Remember the time they told off the words I say on this podcast, and Jack's just throwing, getting ditched out there like a fluffing. Oh, did, did they not announce that stipulation? Did I, did I imagine that? Loser, loser gets dicked. <laughs> this has been a long morning already for us with technical issues, and this is just becoming anarchy now, this podcast. You just want to see him getting beaten up, is my point. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he's, he's popular in my community, Dom, but that is that is not what I meant. Anyway, the point is, he is a heat magnet, and I do think the only way they're gonna get him uh, to a match with Ray is, and and we do not advocate in any way, shape, or form man on women violence on this podcast. But I think if you bring in Ray Mysterio's wife. That is the threat to her. Maybe it's the only way to do it. I mean, I don't see how else you get there. I don't think there needs to be a threat to her. I think she just needs to cry because we've seen her, haven't we? And yeah. I've forgotten Ray's daughter's name. We saw them all. This um, is it back. A, a Leia and Angie, something like I that. I think it's something like I was yeah. going to say Angelica. So, so something like that. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're not averse to coming on WWTV. We know that. I think them her coming out, Ray's wife, and just telling Ray. To get a bit of a grip of himself, his son's being extremely disrespectful. Go and teach him a lesson. And then Ray trying to say no, Dom coming out and not being violent, being extremely disrespectful to his mother. Maybe she goes to slap him. He, like, catches it, lays hands on his mum, stopping her slapping him, and Ray just snaps, and that, that's it for him. And Ray decides that's what's enough. Like, you can disrespect me all you want, but don't disrespect your mother. I'm going to have to teach you a lesson. Now, something like keep it in the family. Play into the fact this is a huge family feud. You know what you could do? And it went wrong when they did it, so maybe you don't do this, but you remember the Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels' wife storyline at the SummerSlam when Jericho... Yes, I do. Okay, so you don't want there to be actual contact because that was obviously a huge mistake, but that, if they could work it where Dom accidentally does something or maybe Rhea gets involved, there, there are options. And I can't believe set every week the transformation in Dominic Mysterio from Clash at the Castle when he turned on Ray to now he is a mouthpiece of the Judgment Day and he works also the Judgment Day are going to three marquee matches at Wrestlemania three like poor Damien Priest they are they are the biggest turnaround in wrestling because you don't have to go too far back on this podcast to us being like they're rubbish they don't do anything and there's been Dominic Mysterio's addition that has done it I think Dom has thrived from this being the era of social media. The stuff they've done with him and uh, Rhea at the holidays going to the Mysterios, like that has got them over more than anything they've done in the ring. Now, what they've done in the ring hasn't been bad, but that's got them over more. And then they can back it up with actually, Dom's a very good wrestler. Dom can go in the ring. Everyone knows how good Rhea is. Everyone knows how good Finn is. Everyone knows how good Demi Priest is. So that's the main thing is they back it up. So... They're a really, really good stable that have a lot of heat for the right reasons. It's not go-away heat, it's we-don't-like-you heat. And they're going to three huge matches at Mania, and I think I think they, they could feasibly win all three and come out being 
honestly unbearable. Let's talk AEW. They go to Winnipeg for a Dynamite Live and then a Rampage taping. Dynamite headlined by the House of Black, retaining the trio's title over the Elite. The Elite coming to the aid of Hangman Adam Page at the end. Uh, the Jericho, Jericho Appreciation Society also in that match. We kicked off with MJF's Rebar Mitzvah ceremony featuring the AEW World Champion Darby Allen. Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara. Interesting start for uh, AEW and the other, quote, pillars. That is not how they normally start the show. Um, did you see the segment? What do you think? I did, and I, I I think it was bad. I know some people really enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I thought it was just all a bit odd, to be honest. Yeah. I I watched it the first time, and my gut was... I don't love this. It felt like it came from nowhere. And then I watched it back a second time and thought, what positives can I take from it? And my big positive, Darby Allen was over. Over like Rover with that crowd in Winnipeg. And it just made me forget, uh, remember, how much Darby Allen we used to see and how much I dislike not seeing him in main event programs on my TV. Yeah, Darby Allen has never, ever, ever disappointed for AW. Any match he's been in has delivered. Any program he's been in has delivered. And... It feels like he's never really got the recognition he's deserved for how much work he's done for them. So it is nice to see him. Uh, nice to see him in the same segment as the world champ. It's always a good thing to be in those segments. But of all the segments to be in, you feel like it'd be easily forgettable. Look, look at the words we're using. Nice to see him. Yeah, it was, mm. yeah, it was all right. It was, it was, you know, we and not everything can be the bloodline. So take this in the way it's meant. But when we talk about the bloodline, we get into the bloodline. Or even when we talk about uh, the Judgment Day... And and it just feels like for AEW at the moment, not bad. Some really good stuff. The pay-per-view was great, but it just is something I'm struggling a little bit to get excited about, and I can't quite put my finger on why. Yeah, I, I don't know why either. I don't know if it's because WWE is really good at the moment. Mm. WWE is the best it's been in years right now, and I think there's genuine excitement on the fact that we're we're going to his first mania, but I think we're out of the honeymoon period of, oh, it's great to have Triple H in charge. I think we're seeing now, what, we 10 months in? I think we're just seeing that actually it's very exciting to have Triple H in charge because it seems like he's very good at this. Like, not much has missed since he's been taken over. And the fact it seems that even Vince is back sitting in Gorilla now and hasn't taken over creative control, maybe even he sees it. So I think WWE couldn't be more excited at the moment. It's also Mania season. Yep. Hard for anyone to compete in Mania season. And something just doesn't seem right with AW. It's not AW's not bad. I'm not saying AW's bad by any stretch of imagination. I just think it's been so exciting for so long, AW. And it's maybe its first real lull of excitement at the moment. And maybe we just don't know how to feel about that. I think we were calling out for consistency, and I do think they've brought in some consistency to the storytelling. But I... I th- if I tune into Monday Night Raw at the moment, what am I going to see? I'm going to see The Judgment Day. I'm going to see The Bloodline. I'm going to see Bianca Belair and Asuka. And I'm probably going to see Rey Mysterio. I know what I'm going to see. If I tune into AEW, am I seeing Adam Cole or am I not? Because he was huge a few weeks back and then he did some segments and now he's not there. Am I seeing Brian Danielson or not? Am I seeing Darby Allen? Because Darby's there and then he's not there. And I think, and I've said this all along, I think AEW needs to focus on what matters. A story, B story, C story, and tell it. And that old exam trick of tell them, tell them what you've told them, tell them again, is, is the way to get people excited. 
Um, and I think it's that. I think it's a little bit of a storytelling issue. And I think that that Tony Khan sees stuff in people that we don't see. I don't see why he thinks QT Marshall is going to be a ratings draw. With all respect to the fella, look at that roster. Is he someone you're putting on your valuable hours of TV time? I say no. Yeah, I agree. I think we don't see enough of the Blackpool Combat Club. They were the best thing six months ago. We saw them a little bit this week, but we don't play into that enough. They're with the Dark Order, you know, like... <sighs> yeah, we, we 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 don't see enough with... They finally got the title, like House of Black, we haven't seen much of. Where is Adam Cole? Where is he? Three weeks ago, he was telling him, Jeff, he was coming for him. Where where are you, Adam? You're one of the biggest stars in the world. You're back from injury. You've been out for ages. Why are we not seeing you in the ring every week, cutting promos and starting to wrestle? Like, it is confusing that... Like, him and Britt Baker won the um, Owen Hart yeah. stuff, didn't they? And we've not seen any of that since, like... The consistency is the thing for me. I think you're right. I want them... Like you say, I, I put WWE on. I know what I'm getting excited about. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next with the Bloodline Feud. I'm talking about how is Ray going to accept Dom's challenge. I'm talking about these things. If you ask me what I'm excited to see on AW Dynamite next week, I don't actually know because I don't know what to expect. Yeah, they, 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 it, it's a weird one where we're asking for consistency and some people are going to turn around and say, well, you see the outcasts every week, you see the Blackpool Combat Club. Yep, we do. But I think there's consistency in the wrong places. Like, you'll consistently see QT Marshall. You'll consistently see not necessarily... I, I don't know. I think... I, I can't put my finger on it. All I can go with is, is my gut excited about AW? Do I rush to my phone every Thursday morning to see what's going on? And the honest answer is no. And there was a time when I did. But it's great to have so much wrestling about. It's great to have that being a place where people can, can ply their trade. And you know just one big angle will get AW red hot again. But if I was them, I would be a little concerned that my ceiling of viewers does seem to be less than a million week in, week out. That is not a company in that regard that seems to be growing. No, you want to see that going up steadily, don't you? And it doesn't seem to be at the moment. Let's talk about some other bits and pieces. I've deliberately left this towards the end because I think this is going to be the thing you are most excited about. Rumours going round that Butch will become Pete Dunne again. We did it. It was us, was it? We made it happen. Well done, everyone. Well done. <laughs> hey, guys, we did it. We've been through it. It took us a while. It took us longer than it should have. But he's back, baby. Peter Dune, Pete Dunn, he's coming back. Thank God. Stupid name. I don't know. I think Butch had grown on me by the end. Oh, of shut up. <laughs> Get Pete back. He's he's he must have been. You know when there's a new headmaster and you're sort of like, I, I won't ask him yet. I'll just wait for him to. But you wonder at what point Pete Dunn went in. Went Hunter. This um this Butch thing. No no. I I don't hate. No. If you want me to stay at Butch, you, no, no, whatever you want, Hunter. But. You know, how long did he wait till he, he, he sort of said that to them? Yeah, I, I agree. I, and, and it was very interesting, actually, putting all my silliness aside with it. I saw an interview with him where he was talking about Pete Dunn, this is, was talking about how Pete Dunn is his name. That's how he's wrestled for a long time. He said, but Pete Dunn was never a kid's favourite wrestler. He said, there are kids out there who love Butch. He's like, and that has been fun. But Pete's really good at wrestling. Like, really good. Like, he could be a world champion, I think, genuinely. But not as Butch. Like, I want to see him... I think I want to see him turn on Ridge and Sheamus. That's how I want to see it done. Yeah. I, I think what's really interesting on SmackDown is the Intercontinental Championship is becoming what it used to be, which is a badass wrestling title. Now, if, if 
if Pete Dunne as world champion is a stretch right now, and I agree, he's he's got all the tools to get there, I'd love to see him have a proper feud for that IC title. Wouldn't, well, wouldn't... Don't, don't get me started on what Pete Dunne and Walter have done together in the past, because those two can go together. So Gunther now, which I'm on board with now. Like, it's just, I don't understand why we changed the name, but I don't hate it. Pete Dunne and Gunther headlining a pay-per-view for the IC title. Oh, yes, please. Well, just look at that picture at the moment. You could get Pete Dunne versus Sheamus, Pete Dunne versus Drew McIntyre, Pete Dunne versus Gunter, and that's a year. That's a whole yep. whole year, nine months, right there. You do that storyline right, and we would be up for every single one of those matches. Put one of them at Money in the Bank. I mean, come on now. Have him in the Money in the Bank. Have him win Money in the Bank. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Oh. He's not going to win money in the bank. Come he on. He could, though. He Imagine could. Imagine that. Here's another one that sticks into the might be silly but might be happening. I've read rumours this week that Trish Stratus may be sticking around for a long run in WWE and potentially turning heel on Becky Lynch. Now, you and I both know how we feel about Trish Stratus. I can't see a world in which I boo her, and yet she's good enough to do it. You will get... Zero complaints from me of having more Trish Stratus on our screen for multiple <laughs> reasons. Um, I'd be interested to see her try and go heel. Mm. I don't think we've ever seen that, have we? Yeah, yeah. She she's definitely been heel in her career, but not since she's come back. You're right. right. So, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's so adored and loved that could she get booed? I don't know, but I'd be interested to see it. It would be interesting. And I think if we're going to have the Hall of Famers come back, and we said this, I think, when we were talking about a rumble a couple of years back. They can't just come back and just be, hey, here I am, isn't it nice to see me? If you want to build um, equity into what they're doing, they need longer-term storytelling. And would I be excited about a heel Trish Stratus against a face Becky Lynch? And is Becky Lynch the perfect babyface opponent to try it with? Of course she is. Of course she is. I mean, I don't want Trish to go heel because I love Trish, but uh, Trish Stratus on my screens every week? Yes, come on. Yeah, happy days with that. And like you say, it, it's the right way to use these legends. Bring them in and actually give them some story to sink their teeth into. Not just a, hey, we're back, that's fun, and now we're gone again. Because Trish can still go. And if you look at it, Trish Stratus could easily make an argument that she should have been the first woman to main event WrestleMania. She could, If you want built-in story, Trish could say, I paved the way and you, ne- you never called, you never texted. I mean, you, you, could, you could... It's there. It's, it's easy, there. isn't it? It's, it's easy. Easy to do. And yeah, I mean, so long as they don't change her entrance theme, I'm pretty much happy with everything. The biggest heel turn in the world would be them getting rid of the giggle. Yeah. Then I'd boo. If they got rid of the giggle and they just... Or like, they just censored it. Like, they put the swear... Well, it's, it's just... Trish just goes, ha, 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 at the start, like a maniacal laugh. <laughs> I'm okay, yeah, maybe, no, don't do it. WWE, that's a good idea, don't do it. Um, right, let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Let's turn to everyday life, where things that annoy us get sent back to developmental, and things we love are earning the push, first or second, Mr Beckett. Uh, I'll go second this week. I've gone first a lot recently. Okay, uh, back to developmental for me. Slightly serious one. Uh, I've done it before. I'll do it again. Cancer is rubbish. It's really, really rubbish. And sadly, too many folks I know are being affected by it at the moment. So uh, I'm just going to say if you or a loved one is going through, uh, I won't say a fight because I think that implies it's something it's not. If you were experienced having to live with cancer in any way, it is terrible and I feel for you. It's rubbish. And we don't need to say more than that, but I think we'd all agree. Yeah, I got nothing to add. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Back to de- uh, earning the push. Getting your car through an MOT flawlessly. 
Oh, look how smug he is. I wish you could all see him. So I, I, it may surprise you to know, I am not the most technical or the most mechanically minded. I know, I'm shocked as well. So whenever I go to the garage, it's like putting my life in someone else's hands. Yesterday, it went in for its MOT. It needed nothing done. There were no advisories. There were no issues. It was clean as a whistle, my friend. It was like taking a knife out of a cake without a crumb on it. Because you poodle around Cornwall at 30 miles and I go, isn't this lovely? I'm not noddy. I'm like, what are you on about? Jack's, Jack's actually in a push car. They're like, oh God, the maniac's back with his, not, with his little push car. Let's pretend remote in it. I have to say, there's nothing more embarrassing when you go in. And so I will liberally use the word mate when I go to garages, just, you know, to ingratiate myself. Okay, what car's yours? And yeah, it's the, um, it's a Ford car, mate. It's that one out there. The what? Yeah, the Ford car. That's, um, it's, it's the Ford car that hilariously we went to Clash of the Castle in, which imagine me in that, it's quite amusing. You you barely fit in. We almost had to strap you to the roof. So um, yes, that's getting the push for me. Uh, what are yours? Come on. Um, back to developmental, it was going to be getting stuff stuck in your teeth because how annoying is that? Yes. Oh, terrible. But instead it's my Wi-Fi because here's, here's a look behind the curtain. We got about six minutes into the podcast today and my Wi-Fi just went, nope. Yeah. Just cut out for about ten minutes, then came back and hasn't been an issue since Touchwood. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in the recording we did before, it was just after we mentioned Raw Underground. And I'm not saying it's linked, but I wonder oh, whether I, for, I forgot we'd mentioned Raw Underground. <laughs> you were talking about you were on a YouTube black hole and up in Raw Underground somehow. Yeah, I'm gonna say that Raw Underground directly led to your Wi Fi cutting out. So go on, your Wi Fi's gone back to developmental. What's earning the push? Earn the push is it's one big one and a little one. Yep. Uh, the big one is just Cheltenham Races. I went to Cheltenham Races this week for the first time, and it's really good fun. I had a really fun day. I mean, I hate what happens to the town I live in at Cheltenham Race because Cheltenham is a nightmare yeah. in race week. Like, there's just 200,000 people here who aren't normally here. It's quite busy, <laughs> uh, and I don't like people. Um but race week is really good fun. Really, I had a real good time at the race this week. Um, there's a load of reasons. I know there's a lot of issues around horse racing. I'm not getting into any of that. Just for a fun day out. I budgeted how much I was going to gamble. I didn't go over my budgeting. I didn't win anything. But I knew how much I could afford to spend. I spent it. And I had a lot of fun. And secondly, Jack... Did, did you, sorry, did you wear a hat? Yes, or a flat cap. Oh, of course you did. I have three flat caps. I actually quite like a flat cap. You'll notice a surprise of no one as you admit yes. to having three. Now, what are they for? Is it like one for best, one for every day? Um, I have two tweed ones and then I have a waterproof one. And actually, my waterproof one's quite often my dog walking hat because when it's raining, I obviously wear that. So I go up on Cleave Hill and I'm like, come right, right, yeah, on the bike, The fact you're not a farmer, right. the fact you're not a farmer eludes me. Oh, God, I'd be a useless farmer. So bad. Um, but my second mini earn the pushes, and you're not going to believe this, we met some of our fans this weekend. Yay! Tell us more. I met, I was up at home playing It's Coldy, and then in Liverpool, and I met two people who said, we're talking about wrestling, and they said, ah, oh. basically, we got on the fact other podcast, and they listened. So, George and Chloe, big up if you're listening. Yes. Thank you very much. But yeah, it was mad. They were like, I like your podcast. I was like, really? <laughs> not many people say that to me. Can I say what excellent job you're doing of selling it where someone says, I like what you do, and your first instinct is to be intensely sceptical? I'm like, you idiot. Why do you like it? We're fools. Okay, well, George and Chloe, thank you for listening. Um, That is amazing, and uh, we appreciate even the listeners that Charlie hasn't met because we can't send them on a royal tour around the country meeting listeners, but... Maybe we should. That, oh, and I'll film, that could be some content. 
house shows. Going around the country, just trying to find people who've watched. Don't send me to where they are. I'll just walk around trying to find them. I'll make you a sandwich board. Um, well, look, George and Chloe, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. Um, thank you, by the way, wherever you are listening to this today. Remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. Tell your mates why you love what we do. Charlie, final one. We know Seamus and Drew McIntyre went to a draw on SmackDown last week in that number one contenders match. They're going to battle it out tonight, the two of them, one on one, to see who faces Gunter at Mania. Are we getting a finish or are we getting another draw and we're looking at a triple threat? I think we're looking at a triple threat. Yep. I thought we were looking at a six-way ladder match and now it doesn't seem like we're going with that now. I think we're looking at a triple threat and I really, really like that as an option because I think we're going to see Sheamus pin Drew at Mania. I think Sheamus gets his flowers of being a Grand Slam champion at Mania. I think him and Drew, they term they have a feud and I think it's the cleverest way to move Gunther up the card without him having to be pinned. I agree, and I think Gunther versus Cody coming out of Mania isn't a bad way to go for that. You know, sort of the run. Yes, yes. And on that, frankly, baffling tangent, we will end the podcast for this week on behalf of a very excited Charlie Beckett and myself, Jack Murley. Thank you for listening, but we are out of time. Until next time, bye-bye.